This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Tom Bernard Show with Tammy Cabrera, Muddy Paws Cheesecake, Mike Molina, Andy Brand Bernard, Dave Schrader, and the Hackmaster, Ralph Toy Basham, MD. We'll be right back, kick off part three, Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Walzer Automotive is a Minnesota family-owned business. It started in the 50s. It's grown by leaps and bounds, especially in the past few years, and they now have 23 dealerships spread across two states. The Walzer way includes upfront, no-haggle pricing on every single new and used vehicle they sell. If you change your mind, no problem. Check out Walzer's three-day return and 30-day exchange policy. I'm a customer, my family are customers, and many of my friends have bought cars from them. The Walzer way is really different, and I know you'll be pleasantly surprised. For great deals on new or used Acura, Audi, Buick, BMW, Chevrolet, Chrysler, Dodge, GMC, Honda, Hyundai, Jaguar, Jeep, Land Rover, Lexus, Mazda, Mercedes, Mini, Nissan, Porsche, Ram, Subaru, or Toyota, go to Walzer.com, Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. Hi, guys. Woody, what are you doing back here? How come you're not on your honeymoon? Honeymoon? Is that what you call it when two people lock themselves in a room and refuse to speak or even look at each other? No, Wood, that's marriage. <laughs> what happened? Well, Kelly and I found out we're from different religions. I thought you and Kelly were both Lutheran. Oh, well, that's what I thought. Turns out she's Lutheran Church of America. I'm Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. There you go. <laughs> but if we had children, we'd have half-breeds. <laughs> There was her dad right there. Missouri Synod. No. I'm pretty sure it's Synod, not Synod. We'd have half breeds. The wrong kind of Lutheran. I love that one scene in Cheers where Norm finds the like $20 bill. He goes, Oh, I found a $20 bill. And, and uh, Woody goes, I think that's mine. He goes, Yeah, prove it. What's the serial number? And Woody goes, uh, G74026970. And, and um, Norm goes, that's incredible. How did you, or he goes, why would you memorize a serial number? And he reaches over and snatches it back and he goes, for just such an occasion. And he sticks it back in his wallet. For just such so an he's occasion. memorized all the serial numbers on his money. Oh, I love that. Well, oh, that <laughs> show, show. That show had some magnificent, remember the, the, you'd, you'd have to come in the door and then go down the stairs to get into the bar? Yeah. This guy stands at the top of the stairs and the railing 
and you remember it was a horseshoe bar. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, Coach was one of the original bartenders yeah. there, the old man, Nicholas Colossan. I love Coach. Yeah. I love Coach, too. Yeah. He's wonderful. And, the, and, and all the other guys sat at the other side of the horseshoe. So it was the front door, the bar, the bartender, then the back bar. And that's where everybody sat. <laughs> this woman comes in and goes, I hate you. I never want to see you again. You're disgusting. Don't ever call me. Don't ever bother me. Don't reach out to me. I never, ever want to see you again. She slams the door. And the guy sitting next to Norm goes, yeah, I was expecting that. And coach goes, oh, thank God. I thought she was talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. Wasn't oh. he the one that would take the bean? So he would take the hit to the head with the baseball? Yes, that's the one. He got like that because he took so many hits. Do you remember him in Raging Bull? No. Oh, he was he was a mob leader in Raging Bull, wow. Nicholas Colasanto. He's the one who goes, he ain't pretty no more. Remember that there was supposed to be wow, some I'm gonna pretty I'm going to have to watch fighter. it again, yeah. Oh, i got to watch Raging, Raging Bull again one of these days myself. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. Like when Joe Pesci says to his own five-year-old kid, if you don't shut up, I'm going to stab you with this knife. (laughs) (laughs) Says to his own kid. Oh, God. I hear things. I hear things. I hear things. That whole scene, man. That was just a well-played flick. (laughs) That was back when I really, really loved seeing De Niro movies. He's completely lost his mind now. I don't know what his problem is. Around the time of Bullwinkle. Bullwinkle. Yeah, he produced it and he played Fearless Leader in really? the Bullwinkle live action movie. I didn't know that. Yes. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's what he was taking his foray into humor, trying to be comedic. I like, like, uh, Analyze This. I like that one. I, this, I like the Meet the that, Parents. Yeah. Those were decent movies. But yeah. there's been a lot of major. You bad like Cape Fear? Misses. Yeah, oh, Cape Fear is great. Yeah, great. It was one of the first ones I saw. Yeah. Cape Fear, you see, with, was it Robert Mitchum was in the original? Yeah, right. And then Mitchum's in the remake, too. He was a, a cameo. Yeah. We studied uh, De Niro in, in college and film school. And what, what do you mean? What do you mean you studied? Well, studied his, uh, you know, his work, his original first. <laughs> that was my favorite class in college was movie studies. Yeah. You just sit down and watch movies and deconstruct right. them and and that's and it. take points. Yeah. Oh boy, what a tough job! That, that's man. the theater and arts department. Good for you, right there. <laughs> he was such a good actor, and then he just started taking himself far too seriously, uh, or something. I think although his his parents were both artists. And they were very, very serious people about this, that, and the other thing. And I don't know. It just. Did you ever see Righteous Kill with him and Pacino? Yes, absolutely. The two cops? That's another yep. great one that nobody that really a, ever talks about. That's a about. really I've never good heard movie. of it. Yeah, there are a couple of cops on the, uh, you know, kind of trying to look up this crime, this killing that's going on. And, and uh, one of them finds out the other one might be the killer. And yes. it's, it's really well done. I love that scene, too, when you're talking about. Raging Bull when he becomes a stand-up comedian, which was true. Jake LaMotta yeah. actually did become a stand-up comedian. And some guy starts heckling him. That's what you want to do is heckle a former boxer who's now a comedian. He goes, I wouldn't do that, pal. You're going to force me to make a comeback. <laughs> <laughs> Come down and beat the piss out of you. Wasn't LaMotta one of the first uh, prize fighters to start hanging out at like Caesars and doing yep. the greet at the door and stuff yep. like that? I think huh. you're absolutely right about that. Huh. Yeah, he was a he was an interesting guy. There's I love no watching question. the footage of those old black and white fights. Yep. And you see those little Italian fighters lifting guys off the mat with their hits. Oh, Lamata yeah. used to do that, right? Yep, Who was yep. the other guy? Uh, Rocky Graziano. Yeah, Graziano. Holy yeah. cow. To watch him hit, he'd come under these guys, yep. hit them, and lift them off the tarp. Every time he'd hit them, they'd, they'd lift. Their feet would hit the ground. And he's just this little powerhouse. And you could see... And, you know, that was before boxing became Stallone and everybody had to start right. looking cut. Right. Everybody just looked like they kind of came off the steel mill line to fight. Yeah. But you'd get some big six-foot guy in there, and then you'd get Graziano come in, and he's, what is he, like five, 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 six? Yeah, he was not tall. And he'd he just start guy. pulling guys up into the air. Man, that was oh, I love watching the old boxing whenever you can find a good show on when they're showing all the old footage. There's a good movie for you. It's called Somebody Up There Likes Me. It's about Rocky Graziano. It's, uh, play, he's played by Paul Newman. Oh, really? Yeah. See, there's a Newman movie I haven't seen. I'd oh, like to see that one. Yeah, he was another one. Paul Newman was a phenomenal actor. Yeah, was. That was a heartbreak. Did you ever see, it was a made-for-TV movie. It was called Terrible Joe Moran. Yes. With Jimmy Cagney. It was his last movie. And he plays a retired prize fighter. And I was just reading this article about him. And when they wheeled him in, he didn't know that he wanted to do it. He's wheelchair-bound now. You could barely understand his voice. As a matter of mm-hmm. fact, they overdubbed his voice because you couldn't understand him in the movie. Yeah. 
But uh, they start showing scenes from City for Conquest. So he's sitting there watching the old footage of him fighting, and Cagney just starts sobbing in oh. real life watching that footage. But uh, that was that was a powerful movie. Ellen Barkin was his uh, Ellen Barkin was God, his what, granddaughter or something what like that. To her? I don't know. She so did you like cool cool uh, Hand Luke? Oh, oh yeah. God, I loved Cool Hand Luke. Except for George Kennedy's accent, I wasn't big on that. Oh, I love that. that oh, fits in. Luke. Luke. When they're all out yeah, whacking the, much. they're out much. whacking the weeds, and the girl comes out, and starts washing the car. Oh, Joy yeah. Harmon. Oh, Lucille. <laughs> Lucille. She don't know. And then Paul Newman looks at her. Oh, she knows. <laughs> she knows. <laughs> that is a great she scene. She knows. That's right. That woman's name was Joy Harmon. Yeah. I will never forget her name. Yeah. That that movie, Cool Hand Luke, was Strother Martin. Yeah. What we have here is a failure to communicate. And he'd do that little thing where he's always looking like he's spitting the pips. The... Uh, oh, yeah. And then did you notice when, when Luke gets up there and, and he says, I'm being good to you, Luke. And he goes, I wish you'd stop being so good, good to me, to boss. Me. And then he, he does a little, Luke does it too. And that's when <laughs> Strother Martin takes him out real quick. That was a great, great scene. That scene with he's talking to his mother in the back of the pickup truck. Oh, yeah. It's an incredibly sad scene because yeah. he knows he's never going to see his mother alive again. Yeah. Man's mother dies, he gets a bit of the rabbit in a him. A bit Luke. of the rabbit in him. Luke. Put him into chains and put him into the yep. the box overnight. And the egg scene. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> One more egg, Luke. One more egg. You ever see my baby spit up an egg? No, of course he didn't. <laughs> He's going to do just fine. Come on, boy. It might, it might be, uh, we're only three days away from the weekend. It might be a great uh, movie marathon weekend. That might be the route to take. Yeah. Some of those movies I haven't. I have not seen somebody up there likes me since I was probably a teenager. I've never even heard of that one. I gotta write that down. I want to check that. You know what? I also would love to watch again. Like I said, my son and I have been going through some of the classic Newman movies. Yeah. So we did uh, Cool Hand Luke. Then we did Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Right. And then I, for the first time in my life, saw the unedited version of Slapshot. Oh, not realizing God, it is one of the filthiest you didn't spoken. Watch it with your kids, did you? I, my son. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's he's 16, so it's not yeah, as big a deal. But I just. I never realized Paul Newman did a movie where he was so filthy God, in everything he movie. said and did. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, so we're, we're working our way through that. But I, I would like to, uh, you know, The Sting is one I think he might enjoy as well. Mm-hmm. But kind of going through it, it's, it's tough to find movies where you're like, mm, but I want to show him The Hustler and Color of Money. Oh, God, yeah. Because I think those are two great flicks. The Hustler's of, a great movie. Right. George C. Scott. Did you, like, did you like The Color of Money, the sequel? Yeah, I did, yeah. yeah. It's just a great story anyway. Yeah. And Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, you can show them that. Well, that might be another year or so out, isn't it? <laughs> Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Yeah. He was a, I don't think many people know, Paul Newman was a nice Jewish boy. Oh, really? Yeah, people don't know that because he had blonde, blue hair, and blue eyes. That's, uh, yeah, I mean, these, these are some of the great actors we're talking about of all time, Paul Newman and De Niro was a great actor. There's Except no when uh, Newman decided to get back into uh, voiceover. Yeah, what was that all about? <laughs> Who was the other person when you said that uh, it was down to three? It was Paul Newman, was Paul Newman and, and Gene Hackman. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Hackman got a lot of business. At the end of my voiceover career, my, my voiceover <laughs> career was really hot from 1977 till about 2007, 2008, something like that. So I had a nice 30-year run. It was great. But then all of a sudden, movie stars decided it wasn't, was not beneath them to do commercials. Well, they couldn't be in it, but they would voice it. As long as it never said their names, wasn't that the whole deal? Yeah, well, they just didn't want to do them at all. Right. Going, eh, you know, it's, it's it's beneath me. I'm I'm an I'm an artist and blah blah. And then they all of a sudden realized how much money they could make doing it, and that changed everything. Yeah. And so, literally, all of 2008, pretty much. It was funny because you heard too that the, all the celebrities thought it was beneath them. They didn't want to act in a commercial, right? And, but then they would go overseas and they would act in commercials, all which of them. were horrifyingly bad yes so you could go see all these great actors and actresses who are highbrow doing these stupid japanese commercials chinese commercials uh french and just watching them make complete idiots of themselves yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely to do it for in a foreign thing thinking nobody would show it and then oh. ed mcmahon and dick clark start that uh yep. what was it uh, stupid commercials and crazy bloopers or whatever yeah, it was yeah, and they started right. showing all of the celebrities doing their overseas commercials oh, there's a site uh well i mean it's kind of old at this point and the video quality is horrible but there was a site called japander uh which was oh. celebrities going to japan and you know pandering by being in commercials jennifer aniston mostly 
Uh, there was one Bruce Willis I know. Oh yeah, Bruce, Bruce Willis, Willis did, did Post Water. Brad Pitt did them. Let's see, Arnold Schwarzenegger, yep. Nicolas Cage. Yes, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. Yeah, there were uh, Liv Tyler, Dan Aykroyd. Pretty much, if you can name a celebrity, they they, did they went to Japan. Japan and. So here's what would happen. I, they would call me and go, Hey, Tom, uh, um, Delta Airlines needs it. Because I did United Airlines at one time. I did Northwest Airlines at one time. I did Eastern Airlines. I did about every airline, right? Tom, uh, looking for a new voiceover for, uh, for uh, Delta Airlines. Could you do an audition? So I would do the audition. And then would call me back um, <laughs> next day and go, Okay, well, it's down to three guys. You're one of the three guys. Uh, I said, okay, who, who is it? And he goes, what is you, uh, Gene Hackman, and Paul Newman? I'm like, oh, okay, well. Some lightweights in the field at least, huh? Never mind. I <laughs> won't be getting. Ne- you know, every time that happened, I never was the one that ended up getting the commercial. What a surprise. <laughs> but, you know, I, like I said, I had a wonderful 30-year run at doing it, so I'm not complaining, but. As soon as the actors decided it wasn't beneath them to do commercials, that changed everything. Yeah. Immediately. Immediately. But, you know, such as like, What is this big deal, by the way, with Trump's attorney, uh, uh, Sean, being Sean Hannity's attorney? Is there something there we should know? Who cares? Just another way to put Trump's name back in the news again. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. You know, we hardly ever hear from the poor kid. Yeah, you know, he's never on social media or anything like that. President Trump's personal attorney has been forced to reveal that another of his clients is Fox News host Sean Hannity. Lawyers for Michael Cohen argued in court on Monday that they could not identify Hannity because he asked that his name not be disclosed in connection with an FBI seizure of Cohen's files. But Judge Kimba Wood made one of the lawyers identify him in open court after a prosecutor argued Cohen wasn't being forthcoming about his law practice, reports the AP. Assistant U.S. Attorney Tom McKay had specifically complained that Cohen wouldn't disclose the identity of the third client Cohen represented between 2017 and 2018 and described as a publicly prominent individual. It turned out to be Hannity. The other two are Trump and former RNC uh, official Elliot What is it, Brody? Um, CNBC reports the work Cohen did specifically for Hannity was not specified. Bloomberg reports a gasp was heard in the courtroom when his name was given. Why? Who cares that he's Hannity's attorney? You know, what I care about is that this guy only had three clients. Yeah, how's he doing? Man, he must have been doing pretty well. Wall Street <laughs> Journal reporter Rebecca Ballhouse had Hannity's immediate uh, reaction, tweeting, We have been friends a long time. I have sought legal advice from Michael. He later released a statement saying Cohen was, has never represented him and that they've only had occasional and brief talks about legal questions about which I wanted his input and perspective, and that the topic was almost exclusively real estate. He says he did not ask Michael Cohen to bring this uh, proceeding on my behalf and wanted to be left out of the proceeding. Indeed, a source tells CNN Hannity never asked Cohen to assert attorney-client privilege. The names of Cohen's clients uh, are at issue because the lawyer has argued that materials seized in an FBI raid on his home and office are subject to that privilege. The search sought information on a variety of matters, including a $130,000 payment made to porn star Stormy Daniels. We'll be back. Tom Bernard Show. I'm Brad Huckle, president of North American Banking Company. Ask one of our bankers what they love about business banking. They always say the relationship with a client. Case in point, True North Oral Surgery and Implants is a longtime customer with a growing practice. Their banker, Julie Marshall, knows the ins and outs of what they do. So when they need working capital, an equipment loan, or funds for expansion, they call Julie. Are you looking for a banker you can count on? Give us a call. This is Tom. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Did you know that 60% of people over the age of 60 are starting to experience cloudy, blurry, or dim vision due to cataracts? Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Eye Care. Whiting Clinic is best known for their fabulous LASIK results. You've heard me rave about them for years. But did you know they're also experts in cataract surgery? Yes, indeed. And I'm here to tell you about my wonderful experience having cataract surgery at Whiting Clinic. I'm at that age when my vision started to fade, so called up the folks at Whiting Clinic, and they helped me out right away. My cataract surgery was super easy, and thanks to the Whiting Clinic, my vision is top-notch once again. Whiting Clinic has the most advanced lens technology options, so... 
I can see far away and up close without wearing any glasses. If you want to learn more about your options for cataract surgery and clearer vision, attend one of Whiting Clinic's cataract seminars. Call Whiting Clinic at 855-554-2020 to reserve today. Space is limited, so don't delay. That's 855-555-2020 to learn more about your cataract surgery options at Whiting Clinic. I'm a desperate man. Send lawyers, guns, and money. This shit has hit the fan. <laughs> he was an interesting guy, Warren Zavon. Had the uh, the pleasure of meeting him. I don't know if it was an honor or not, but it was a pleasure to meet him. I met him just after he fell off the stage and broke his leg. He was at the uh, old, not the new one, but the old Guthrie Theater back in the day. Uh, very talented guy. What the hell are funeral potatoes? Walmart now has funeral potatoes. What the hell is that? I don't even know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't sound, sound appetizing. It doesn't sound good. It doesn't make any sense. Okay, the here you go. Fingerlings? <laughs> uh, yeah. If Walmart's recent. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to talk about funeral potatoes. <laughs> Easy to prepare from Augustine Farms. <laughs> is that music on that? Of course it is. It is? It's on the news article. Yeah, it's, oh. This is time.com. That's weird. And that's what <laughs> ad blocks on funeral potatoes. But, oh, oh, that's there we go. funny. Tom, that may Tom. be the best ad lib I've ever heard in my life. Oh, that was you just zero. rolled yeah, right into it. Yeah, time.com. That's, ter- that's 30 years of voiceover. Their website, yes. which is, it really should be illegal to play audio <laughs> that you agree. don't like actually that request. You don't Click on, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, if Walmart's recent addition of funeral potatoes to their grocery aisles had you reaching for your pearls, fear not, despite its ominous name, funeral potatoes are hardly malevolent. In fact, they're one of our favorite go-to casseroles. Popular at gatherings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in western and southern states, it's a widespread tradition to serve this easy-to-make, easy-to-transport comfort food at post-funeral gatherings, which is how it got its name. It's basically a hash brown casserole with a purpose. Even Reed Drummond has a recipe for them. Who's Reed Drummond? Oh, a pioneer woman. A pioneer woman? Yeah, that's the pioneer woman. I mean, oh, she's, it's her blog. is pioneerwoman.com. Oh, I and see she's, what you're saying. She's like known well in the circles of bloggers. This article originally appeared on southernliving.com. In addition to shredded potatoes, most include cheese, a cream-based soup, onions, butter, and flaky, crunchy topping. That sounds horrible. It's just called cheesy hash browns, though. That's cheesy just, hash yeah, just browns, plain old hash, cheesy hash browns, yeah. Uh, which is usually made of potato chips or corn flakes. Some yeah. include additions of ham or other meats. Oh, yeah, I know this. It's good. No matter how you make it. But them, it's been around forever. It's nothing. Yeah, it's not funeral it's, potatoes. Yeah, it's a very, yeah, like. It's a, just a normal thing that people It's almost make. like Midwest gumbo. Yeah, because like you know, it's, oh, it's, 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 it's like the things that Midwest people had, you know, corn, potatoes, onions, yeah. that kind of stuff. They just throw it all in, and there you go. Do we have a caller? Wendy, Wendy, you funeral potato making woman. <laughs> Actually, I have been making those for a very long time. But not funeral potatoes. Actually, the funny thing was the first time I ever had them, my mother-in-law made them. And she said, oh, these are funeral potatoes. And I went, really? I looked at my husband and I'm like, what? But they were incredible. I mean, the way she made them. And yeah, it's it's whenever you hear cheesy potatoes, that's what it is in varying forms. And... I did not know that it was from the Mormons, but she said at the time, well, she just called them funeral potatoes because she was a member of the ladies' guild at church, uh-huh. and whenever they would serve lunches after funerals, that's what she'd bring. So that, so the Church of the Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or whatever, that's a Mormon? Same thing? Well, yeah, except my mother-in-law was Catholic, so she still is, but, but yeah. that's just... You know, I mean, they were something easy, like like Andy said, like casserole. It's something easy you could just take, and it, you really never left with any because everybody loved them, and she still makes them even today. So why do Mormons have special underwear? I never understood that. You know, I really, honestly, I don't. I only know one or two, and I I never ask the question. Come on, ask the question. I am completely 
a chicken at that. And Sorry, have you ever I, made... There's some things you don't want to know, Tom. Well, I do want to know a couple of different things. Yeah, the whole, no, the special underwear thing. No, thank you. Special underwear thing. And then there's also the the Amish. Do they all have a blanket with a hole in it? I want to know even less about that. (laughs) They make good furniture. That's as far as I'll go with that. They do. They make really good furniture. And apparently in certain areas, they're really good drug dealers, too. You know, I've heard that, and I just keep thinking about uh, somebody, was it Dave Chappelle? No, probably. It was KQ. They used. They had the morning show. One of the clips that Pony did is they had the Amish drug dealer, Amish drug deal, and it was set to the background music from Cops. <laughs> That's right. It was Tony Lee. I still laugh about that to this day. Those bits just—they still are funny. Oh God, Tony wrote some great bits over the years. There's no, there's no getting around that. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a lot of other like weird casserole things like that. I just never realized that. The word funeral potatoes was more than a regional nickname for them. I have never heard of it before, before Walmart started selling. And by the way, do you want to eat funeral potatoes that come in a plastic bag anyway? Yeah, absolutely not. I make mine. They're much better. From scratch, they taste great. From scratch, absolutely. But you're you're splitting hairs. You're using all sorts of euphemisms. This is just hot (laughs) dish. It's a, yeah. Yes, it is hot. Yeah. yeah. So you're just starting to subclassify hot dishes? Well, technically, it's a vegetarian hot dish because you can throw cream of mushroom in there instead of cream oh, of chicken. Oh, that's true. See? You could have it be all vegetarian and everything. It's definitely not vegan. It would kill your average vegan, but... You know what really is amazing to me is every time we talk about things like that, and I, I loved her more than any living human when I was a little boy, but my mother was the worst cook in the history of the world. <laughs> oh, God. she was. Just, when she made Spanish rice, it's like, oh, okay, I'm going to be sick tomorrow. I don't know what she put in it, but it made me sicker than hell. Yeah, we used to have a relative that would do Thanksgiving, and my mother said to me once, I honestly think that the reason that you, you know, our immune systems are so good is because we used to have to eat what she made at holidays because <laughs> it has to be. She would take a turkey, put it in the night before, and cook it like at 250 degrees oh. until the thing turned to, like, sawdust. Oh. Like that scene from Christmas Vacation. Yeah. Yeah. They cut into the turkey. Yeah. That's, probably, that's probably what they used to have to do back before they had like quality control for meat is just cook it until you absolutely know everything in it is dead as a kid you didn't think about it and i don't remember ever getting food poisoning but i sure can uh i sure have a healthy immune system to this day probably from that i I will tell you this great story in north minnesota uh you guys are all probably too young to remember this ralph and i probably back in the day when you had a gas stove range top and and an oven it was all one self-contained unit and there was a gas pipe that was behind it was right on the wall you would attach the stove to the gas pipe and then turn a lever to turn the gas on i mean can you imagine how unsafe that was but the stove would sit what would you say about eight inches off the back of the wall yeah about eight eight inches off the wall friend of mine comes over and he goes oh man i said what's the matter he goes you know we just rented a new place and i said yeah, what about it? He goes, oh, this guy came over. And I said, yeah, what about him? He said he pointed to the stove and he goes, yeah, they found my grandma dead behind that stove. Like, oh, she apparently had fallen behind the stove and got stuck in there and couldn't get out and oh, died. Oh, my God. You were really happy about living there. Was she back there for a week? How long did she get trapped behind a... I guess she was back there long enough to die. Oh, no. She couldn't get out. If you were right in front of the gas pipe, that really wouldn't take that long. Yeah, if she turned the gas pipe the wrong way. Well, hey, listen, when I was a kid, I'm not kidding you, uh, over in North Minneapolis, some of those families would blow out the pilot light and hold the little baby over the gas till it went to sleep. No. Can you imagine that? Oh you talk about brain damage. How long? How many times do you have to do that, Ralph, for oh, brain damage? Once. Yeah. Just once. For a baby? Once, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah, they would literally gas the babies to sleep. How about poor Walt Disney? Finally hits it big, makes all that money, buys a big house for his parents, and they die from carbon monoxide poisoning in the house he bought for them. Oh, no. Oh, God. Hey, and to the lady from Muddy Paws, your cheesecakes are awesome and inspiring. I mean, I I bake a lot. I mean, as Tom knows, I bake a lot. But, man, 
there's just nothing like a really good cheesecake. And I totally understand what you were saying about how some of them are, you know, they just, they taste weird. Because they they're weird. not pure ingredients. How about the chalky Thank ones? Thank you so oh, much. God. Thank you. See, that's yeah, what I said. I'm a little bit of a food snob, especially when it comes to that stuff. It's like, I, yeah. I am, too. You and your funeral potatoes, you're all <laughs> snobby about. Is that the plan? I'm kind of a fu- uh, food snob, too. I yeah, like my like, I like Italian food by well-known chefs like Boyardee. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So all the really, really big I, I like to know that the food is going to taste good as soon as I open the can. But, Tom, uh, now that you're back in town, I will keep my promise. And sometime this summer, I will make you I, – I will make it now – Hand it off to Catherine. I'll send you some of that uh, all-day bolognese that I, that I make. Oh, God, I love bolognese. Yeah, it's good, wonderful. too. I've been working on a really good recipe. I'll bolognese. take some, too. Ooh, <laughs> I'll take some, too. I'll trade you. Oh, Cheesecake. and I've been making... Oh, God, that's tempting because I've been making... Um, I, I like to make my own fresh pasta, too. Yeah. Oh, man. That's lovely. Now you're thank, talking. Thank you, KitchenAid mixer attachments. Oh, God. I was just thinking about it. Isn't it sad that people in America couldn't pronounce the name Boyardi? (laughs) They thought his name was Bordy. Chef Bordy. No, it's Boyardi. So he went Boyardi. I mean, they couldn't. How do you not pronounce Boyardi? (laughs) Well. Bordy. Chef Bordy. Let's go get some of that Chef Bordy. You get that that good stuff that comes straight off the uh, Italian boats, Franco-American. Yeah, Franco-American. You know, I can't Meat round spaghetti. You know, when we were kids, that stuff used to be like the thing. What do you mean when we were kids? I know. No, I I have tried to To eat that now. I cannot. I tried eating a bite of it. I'm like, this is disgusting. Did they change the recipe? Yeah, no. There's a lot of stuff that I used to love as a kid like that. but And it's just like, I don't know. It's just gross now. I don't know why. Uh, yeah, I, yep. your, except your Kraft macaroni and cheese. Yeah, Kraft macaroni, macaroni and cheese stands up. But I do yes, like yes, the spaghettios yes. with the sliced franks. I'm not afraid to admit the sliced it. Sliced franks. Although there's yeah. so much nitrates and, and uh, <sighs> sodium in that. I have no room to talk. I'm the one that went down to the World of Coke when we were in Vegas because I needed my tab. Oh, <laughs> oh there's nothing wrong with tab. Yeah, I know. Uh, tab I mean, and I, Fresca. Do you see those anywhere anymore? I drink tab. Dollar yes. stores have them. Yeah. Oh, Fresca's, available. Fresca's available on Delta flights. How about a Fresca? Oh, that's right. How about a Fresca? Yeah, Fresca's yep. all over the place. So, and, yeah, I, I found out that the uh, the world of Coke had tab, and I walked down there, and I grabbed enough to get me through the trip, and people would laugh at me, but I'm like, seriously, no, this is great. Don't make Melina tell his Mexican Coke story again. I've heard that <laughs> one. Poor Mexican Mikey. Coke is great. <laughs> yes. You ever heard his story? You can oh. tell it if they haven't. It's hilarious. No, so we were out with the morning show, and uh, I was an intern, which is the bottom of the bottom. And I know that Tom, he was in a bad mood because of the time change, and it was the first day, and nothing was going right. And I know he's a Be fan a of Mexican mood, Coke. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go out and find some. And I'm, Coca-Cola, Mexico. You know, Love we're it. not on the strip. At that time, we were at the Golden Nuggets. Yep. So we were there on Fremont Street, and it was like 2.30 in the morning, and it was like just a sketchy crowd being in downtown and not on the strip. And then I was like, okay, went to a couple of places and just it wasn't happening. And I went to this one place and I thought it was closed, but I mean, nothing really closes in Vegas. And uh, this, there's nobody in the store. And there's a guy, but he does not speak English. And I'm trying to think, I'm like, okay, well, maybe he'll know if I just say Mexican and Coke. I don't say Coca-Cola because I'm sleep deprived from the flight and I never got to my room yet because we had to set up everything for the morning show. And I'm like, right. oh my God, I'm tired. This guy, I'm trying to break it down. I'm like, Mexican, Coke. And he's starting to understand, does not speak a lick of English. He takes it as Mexican cocaine. Mm. Takes me to a back room, and he's got these little little bags on a table. Oh, my gosh. And they have, like, a little, like, different logos and different colors. And I'm like, they're, like, these little bags. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 no. No, uh, trying to, like. Think about Spanish, Straight. but not poop my pants, and I'm like, <laughs> my I mean, my favorite end up part like that, that story is, scene in Pulp Fiction. Yes, at the end of that story, Molina had to go sit at a bus bench for like an hour because yeah. he was hyperventilating. Yeah, I was just sweating. <laughs> I, I was like, do I? What do I do here? I mean, I missed the start of the morning show. I was like, just a nervous wreck. Yeah, I was just. Oh. What happened to Molina? Oh, he went to prison for dealing <laughs> coke. It was, no, it was not a good thing. Might have worked oh. out in the end. You know what we're going to have to do? We're gonna, this summer we should have, although summer's not a great time to have to bring, like, uh, funeral potatoes, is it? Oh, that's more Just of call a, them cheesy potatoes. Cheesy potatoes. Cheesy, cheesy potatoes. hash browns. Cheesy hash browns, that's it. 
cheesy hash browns are really good. That's they what really these are. That's what these are, yeah. So funeral potatoes are just cheesy hash browns. Yeah, it's That's just it. a different name. I think each one of us should bring in uh, something from our childhood that we had fond memories of that we haven't eaten in that a long time and make each other try it. You know hey, what I'm I found? bring in an apple pie. I went into a Kmart by, yes. accident. Uh, by accident. And as I'm leaving, and this was like about four years ago, do you remember growing up and they had Affy Tapples? Yes, I do. Taffy apples again. I bought bought one and it had the little clown on the label. I'm like, I just got to try it. Still as good as they were 40 years ago. (laughs) Really? See? I get a roll, but you guys have a wonderful week. Thank you, dear. Bye. We'll be back. Tom Bernard Show. Anytime at the lake, you can relate to the pure joy of hanging out on the dock. You, family, friends, and the calm of the water. If this sounds like heaven, you're going to want a flow dock. Flow docks are rock solid with double bracing to eliminate side-to-side sway. And get this, you can install, level, and remove your flow dock without even getting into the water. You see, Flow's passion to invent a better way to make life easier comes through in every product they make. Right down to Flow boat lifts that are quieter, faster, and effortless to install and use. Are you starting to see a pattern here? Flow is about making things easy, meaning you have more time to enjoy being at the lake. Isn't that why you go there in the first place? See for yourself why they say they've been perfecting leisure time since 1983. See them at F-L-O-E-I-N-T-L dot com. Flow docks and lifts. A better way. I'm here with my real estate agent, Chris Lindahl. And after seeing what he did for me, I asked if he had something that would help our listeners. Chris, what do you got? We have something very special for KQ listeners. April 16th through the 18th, the Chris Lindahl team is hosting our SellerWorkshop.com series where we're going to teach you how to net between thirty dollars to $60,000 more on your home sale. And the best part is it's absolutely free. So that sounds great, Chris, but what's the catch? Tom, here's what I'll share with you. The number one core value at the Chris Lindahl team is to be generous. I have a teaching degree, and this is my passion to educate homeowners in the Twin Cities on how to sell your house the right way so you don't end up leaving tens of thousands of dollars on the table going through the traditional real estate process. So go to sellerworkshop.com for times and locations and to sign up for your free ticket. The seller workshops are happening April 16th through the 18th. Seating is limited, and trust me, they sell out fast. Visit sellerworkshop.com or call 763-401-SOLD. I'd rather be portrayed as a mob boss who owns a strip club and cheats on his wife than some guy who takes somebody from Italy to the Olive Garden. (laughs) (laughs) Uncle Vinny came home in Sicily. We took him to the Olive Garden. The next day, our family car exploded. (laughs) Maybe he didn't like the bologna Alfredo. Oh, God. Nick DiPaolo. Yeah, but that's a local company. Let's go. We're walking on thin ice here. Is that What's General, that? Is it General Mills? Uh, Olive Garden? I thought it was. It is General Mills. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is. Matter of fact, I was the first voiceover for Olive Garden, too. Oh, I was wow. the very first voiceover guy for Olive Garden. And I was like, I wonder if these are any good. I went there once with Toots. Toots, my mother was unbelievable. Let's go to the Mall of America. It just opened. Okay, Mom. Where do you want to eat? Well, I heard that Hooters has really good chicken wings. Oh, God. They do if they double dip them. If they double dip them, they're really good. Get them crispy. A lot of times they just bring you those soft ones. Yeah, but if they like double the dip, ones. they're the best ones. I heard that they're really, really good, but Toots wanted to have the chicken wings at Hooters. And she said, why is it called Hooters? I said, well, because no, there's an owl. Because there's, there's an owl. owl logo. But she didn't, like, yeah. she didn't notice they the servers were scantily clad or anything. She didn't care. Like, whatever. Now it's right next door to Dick's. So you have Dick's and Hooters. Dick's and Hooters. Yep, Dick's Sporting Goods and no, Hooters. No, no, no. Dick's Last Resort. Dick's Last Resort? Have you ever been there? It's uh, where they, like, humiliate you when you come in and make you wear a hat. And no. They'll do so, like, bachelorette parties will go in there and they just humiliate you. And... At the mall? Yes. I've never yeah. even heard of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's like right in where that uh, Planet Hollywood used to be. Oh, okay. Sounds like so, a weird okay. fetish thing. It is. It's a weird place, and they treat you like crap the whole time. So you're sitting there. Like, I went in there with my buddy Bill and my girlfriend at the time, and we sit down, and he goes, uh, oh, you brought the flotation devices. Looking at my – and his eyes wouldn't leave my girlfriend's boobs all whole dinner, you know. That's the whole time nice. he's talking, I'm like, what? I was getting ready to punch him. Bill goes, that's their shtick. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what are you – and he goes, look at the people around here. And you looked around, and it was. They were humiliating to their guests. They talk you down. Hey, you want a drink? Yeah, well, get off your ass and come get it. They'd yell at you from the bar. Really? Yeah, and it was just, that's what they do. It's kind of like, I think Who there's Who would want to go there? It's kitschy. People love it. 
I have no What's desire. Like, you're from Chicago. Did you yeah. ever go to that gonna, the Wiener, Wiener Circle? Yeah, Wiener yeah. Circle. At Diversity? That place. Oh. Pine Grove and Diversity. Is that where they've got oh. like a big uh, B-52 here? That place, I could not believe it. I was just, what do you mean? It, the what? The Wiener yeah. Circle. How do I not and know about that? I lived in Chicago. Oh, oh it's the... It's, that's yeah, where they, it's fun to bring people that have yeah. never been there before, and they don't know what to expect because they just yell at yeah. you. And they do? And, yeah. and, I mean, really yell at you. Why is it called the Wiener Circle? It's just a hot... Yeah. It's one of the, there's so many hot dog stands there, but it's just one of the hot dog stands. But it's oh. the busiest time of day is, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think 11 to um, 11 at night to like 3 yeah, bar in the morning. Clothes, yeah, yeah. yeah. If, oh, if you go God. there... They well, yell at you. But their yep. stick is to yell at you, but they're so convincing that it can scare you if you don't know... You know. Well, didn't they do that at Ed DeBevix in Chicago too? <laughs> Soft. It was like Ed the 1950s, and but they 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 again they're smart mouthing you and everything through the whole time. So yeah, that McDonald's next door to there that the, all the cars is closing. I remember that. Oh. Well, they had the place uh, that used to be featured on uh, Saturday Night Live. That was a real place in Chicago underneath oh, the bridge. Billy Goat. The Billy Goat. Yeah, the Billy Goat where they used to. Cheeseburger. Yeah. Horrendous. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, no horrendous food. <laughs> uh, people don't know. Yo, Billy Goat's food was just terrible. Oh, yes. Go to Billy you want Goat's Pepsi? Now. Yes. No Pepsi Coke. No Pepsi. <laughs> yeah. No Coke Pepsi. Yes, that's exactly right. But, hey, you want to talk about some great food in Chicago. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. Chicago. That's so guys. much. Hey, what's wrong with Mr. J's hot dogs? I, I've never heard of this uh, Wiener Circle. I've never even heard of it. And I was I was there for I was there for six years. Yeah, it's Wiener Pine Grove Circle. and Diversity. Oh. You can't go a block in Chicago without or the suburbs our, without hitting a, uh, a hot dog stand. A hot dog stand. <laughs> My favorite when I moved place up is here, Sammy's Superdog. Oh, yeah. Superdog is great. But Portillo's, Port- by far and away, the best They're hot dog place. You, you got to see the video. So uh, Conan sent Jack McBriar and uh, Triumph to the Wiener Circle. To the Wiener Circle? And Triumph, there's a video of him. Uh, yeah, he goes back and forth with the staff there because oh, they are very in-your-face oh, and confrontational. God. They're not soft at all. No, he's... <laughs> Who's calling who a bitch? Oh yeah, oh yeah, skanky smurf. You listen, you listen to me, Queen Laquifa. Listen to you in your mouth. Do you kiss your pimp with that now? <laughs> That's phenomenal. I love Triumph. Oh, yeah. That show didn't last. It only was one season. What was it? Tri- Triumph, the insult comic dog, and J- what, Tri- Jack and Triumph? Was yeah. That what it was yep. called? Yep. But they, he also was on... Conan. Conan. No, but he was also on that other... There was one show... It was, all, it was all puppets, and they would go. They were like crime fighters. Crank Yankers? No, not crime, no. crime uh, fighters. Oh, uh, Team America? No, no, no. It was another uh, one he was on. He was on. He was, Triumph was on it? Yeah, Triumph was on it. He, he was, I, I think he had a guest appearance, but it was the same creator. Same I creator. just love Triumph the Insult comic dog. It's oh, about I as good too. as it gets. When he goes to the Star Wars premiere and he <laughs> <just sort of, laughs> starts humping the lightsaber. Yeah, and then fantastic. Which, really which one of those buttons calls your mom yeah. to pick you yeah. up when the movie's yeah. done? But it got even better. Like he was at the Michael Jackson trial. He was at American Idol auditions. I mean, he just, yeah. oh, just yeah. ripping them. And, Fantastic. And, and always at uh, oh the, the dog West, show. Westminster yeah, the dog, Westminster dog, dog show. show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to oil you down. Oh. Yeah. See, at uh, Dick's Last Resort, they'll make you wear the hat. So this is my wife. She's wearing a hat that says "Plowed more than the MOA parking lot." That's what oh they made her wear God. while she was at the so, uh, restaurant. You sit there and wear that hat while you're eating. Yes. Her friend has one that says, hairstyled by ramen noodles. Oh, jeez. <laughs> is, is the food good? It's all right. So it's just... It's for the atmosphere and the kitsch value. It's it's just like, was the food good at Planet Hollywood? You didn't go to Planet Hollywood for the food. You went to just kind of look at the cool stuff. I wonder why that failed so miserably at the Mall of America. Uh, it's too expensive for Midwestern appetites. Yeah, that's probably true. You know, when you go in and it's 12 yeah. bucks for a hamburger back in, what was that, 92? Yeah, that's true. 93? That's, that's about right. Right? I mean, that's you don't want to pay. Nobody in Minnesota goes out to spend 13 bucks on a burger. Well, it was the same thing downstairs at the Rainforest Cafe. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That but that stayed a, a lot yeah. longer. Yeah. But I miss Tucci Benuch already. It's only yeah. been gone. Four months, but Tucci I already. Benucci, I can't yeah, believe right. they closed it. I love it, really. that place. No kidding. Well, he just wanted to retire, didn't he? Did I mean, he? 
I think he just well, didn't want to do it anymore. What? That, well, that was a lesser entertainment restaurant. Yeah, it was one it was, of those. It was Richie Melman's. It was. Remember Richie Melman in Chicago? Yeah. He did Let Us Entertain You. He managed yeah. a number of right. n- number yep. of places. Was, yeah. That was one of them. Yeah. 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 Tucci Benucci was fun. Uh, there's a lot of good places, you know. Uh, I don't know. I I don't know if I could go to Dick's. Was it Dick's? What? Dick's Last Resort. No, Dick's me. Last Resort. That, no. Is that my kind of deal? Probably not. Probably not. I hang no. out at Margaritaville. Oh, you do? Jimmy Buffett? <laughs> yeah, I'm a parrot head. That's his. Are you really a parrot I, head? I am a parrot head. You know who else is Glenn Mason, the former head coach of the Gopher football team? He's a huge parrot head. Yeah. Like, good God, grow up, will you? Never. Grow up, will you? <laughs> she goes, never. <laughs> no, Glenn just loves Jimmy Buffett. Jimmy Buffett's an interesting guy. I don't, a smart I don't know. guy. He's coming to He's town in June. Guy. Is he? Yeah, yeah with the June. Eagles. Yeah. Oh, that's right. He's going to sing his one song and then go 13th. off stage. I mean, it's amazing. He's got, like, Three hits, right. and that's it. And he's made, he's, um, God, he's made a fortune. Right, but he's an author. He does a bunch of other things. Yeah, and then his, his restaurant places has got to be big. He's got, he, he owns a couple I've of never casinos. Missed, since I was 18 years old, never missed one concert at Alpine Valley. Really? With him. And oh, wow, Alpine he's Valley. He's got 70 songs that everyone knows by heart. You really? Know? Yeah. It's a cult. It is a cult. It is. It's like the Grateful Tammy's Dead. It's a cult. <laughs> Well, I drink margaritas in my cult. Oh, God. <laughs> when the chucker was interviewing, uh, oh, what yeah. the hell was it from Grateful Dead? <laughs> what the hell was he interviewing from Grateful Dead? <laughs> what does a Grateful Dead fan say when he runs out of pot? What's that horrible music? <laughs> <laughs> That's not very nice, now, is it? Wow. But it's factful, right? I mean, I, I had deadheads album. that followed them, and they'd say, I was not there for the music. I was there for the naked girls You're and the right. drugs, and yeah, that was I, it. I could see that uh, being the case. There's no question about that. I, I just never understood it. No. Never quite understood that whole situation. And I like that 80s that I broke, and they had a couple of the you know popular tunes in the 80s, but the rest I just never got into. Riding that train high in cocaine? Yeah. song was a little too long for me. Let's pick. Although, I loved Canned Heat until I heard that one guy sing. Call up the cocaine, if you want to go. Where'd he come from? <laughs> I'm going to hop. But those are unique voices, right? Yeah, very specific voices. Yes, you could tell which band was singing. There's no question about that. There's absolutely no Unlike question. the 90s, where any band was interchangeable, you could have swapped leaders from a lot of those 90 bands. Wow. I would have never been able to tell who's singing. Right now, I could not tell you who was singing, whether it would be Katy Perry or Taylor Swift or Gronown. There's about 10 of them. They all sound exactly the same. And there's a lot of that going on. Well, it's like when Andy found those five country songs that he oh, played God. together. Andy, and that, you don't have that handy, do you? That's I can find it. That they're all interchangeable. You could hear. Oh, they, yeah. no, wait yeah. you hear this. Yeah, they play it simultaneously. And they play it's, them simultaneously. Yeah, it's crazy. Because you think it's one song, but it's five different country pop songs played at the same time. And it sounds like a song. Mm. It does. And it's, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Well, they... Yeah. So I just want to skip to the actual... There it is. We'll count the number of songs. Two. Four. <laughs> Five. Five. Wait till the lyrics Six. Cottonwood falling like snow in July. Said fireflies popping like a Breeze blowing in, your hair blowing round. You scanning through the stations looking for that country sound. Trucks jacked up, flat bills. It's like the We Are the World of the Country sound. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. That's crazy. And this is like six minutes long. It's six minutes long. Those are six different songs. Yes. Wow. <laughs> but they're all, you know, different is yeah. relative. Well, there are only so many notes. Don't forget that. That's their big argument. They all say, well, there are only so many notes. Well, I suppose. I suppose. <laughs> Tammy, okay, we gotta, we got to get people to go to the uh, GoFundMe page. Oh, got to get this you. taken care of. You make fantastic cheese. And again, you know me. If the cheesecake sucked, I'd tell you. Yes, you would. I, I appreciate just, that. The way I am. It's That's fantastic. a Chicago thing. 
That's a Chicago thing. Yeah, let's be honest, Jim. But no, I mean, it, it's just, uh, well, Dave, you said the same thing. You you tried cheesecake once before and hated it. Yeah. I was told by people, oh, God, wait till you have the cheesecake in New York. Well, it was actually at... Um, is it Junior's? Uh, Junior's no, and there's Carnegie Deli. The Carnegie Deli. Yeah, they it was closed. terrible. Yeah. Their cheesecake was terrible at the Carnegie Deli. Their sandwiches were wonderful. Yeah. Although I think Catherine actually killed somebody with one of their sandwiches because she had the uh, pastrami, which was about six inches thick, <laughs> and she had to take half of it home. So she laid the bag on the sleeping homeless guy's chest. <laughs> And I said, Catherine, when he wakes up and eats that, the salt and the fat's going to kill him. There's no way he's going to be able to digest that. There's no chance. Hey, well, it's better than when she invited her friend down to Mulberry Street. Oh, God. That was my fault, though. That, uh, yeah, I can't say the name of the place, but Catherine said, I want really, like, really down, like, New York Italian food. I said, okay, we'll go to blah, blah, blah. That's fantastic. Uh, she calls me the next day and says, that is the worst food I have ever tasted <laughs> in my entire life. How could you like that place? <laughs> now, this was 1981, uh, something like that, okay? I said, what are you talking about? Their food's phenomenal. She goes, seriously, it was garbage. None of us could eat it. We could, I mean, we each took a bite and we just left. It was horrible. I said, well, that's odd. So you went. You and Joyce went, and she said, "Yeah," and her, and her boyfriend. I said, "Well, oh, she's got a boyfriend." Because yeah, I goes, well, "So what's his deal?" Uh, what do you mean, what's his deal? I said, "Well, like, who's her boyfriend?" Yeah. Turns out her boyfriend was black, and apparently uh, at this particular restaurant, they didn't think white girls should date black guys back in 1981. Oh my God. I mean, I said, I wish you had given me the heads up on that one because I don't, I don't think I, I didn't expect that. I will tell right. you that. That I did not expect at all. But, hey, you know, when you look back now, that's, I mean, how long ago was that now? It's 37, 37 years. years ago. So it was a whole different world back then, man. Yeah. What? But you don't do that. Your cheesecake doesn't matter who dates who. We love everybody. You love everybody. It is great cheesecake. Thank you it so is. much. It is. Good cheesecake. And I have to leave at 3 and put my, get my kids off the bus. So. Oh, we have to leave right now. We're all leaving okay. right now. Oh, anyway. got it. So all, all right. So. Okay, one, <laughs> one more time. It's GoFundMe Help Rebuild Muddy Paws Cheesecake. I'm sorry that happened to you, but I hope you raised Thank tons you. of money. Thank you so much. And Thanks for having me here. They are still open. They're still serving yes. wonderful cheesecakes. I don't worry about that. Get on over there. It's Louisiana and... 27th. 27th in Louisiana in St. Louis Park. MoneyPodsCheesecake.com. Very good. We'll talk to you tomorrow, Tom Bernard. Thank you. Thank you.